0: Some people think that revival is just a random sovereign act of God that comes out of nowhere, but this is not the case. Revival is actually provoked, and there are things that you can do as believers to see revival hit your church, your city, and your nation. Here's one necessary ingredient that you need to see revival. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's video. I'm so glad that you're joining me from wherever you're watching from today. Now, we've been seeing and hearing a lot of talk lately, more than usual, about the subject of revival with what God has been doing at Asbury University and what's been happening even this week at movie theaters. We've been hearing a lot more talk about the subject of revival. And I just want to correct something off the bat before I go any further. But you would see when people make certain Facebook posts, social media posts, IG posts, they will praise God for what he's doing down in Asbury, what God has been doing here. God's doing great things. And they will add some, they'll say something that's not necessarily right. They will say, you know, this is a sovereign move of God. And I just want to say off the bat that the power of God moving somewhere and revival breaking out in a certain place is not completely sovereign. It is not something that just happens out of the blue or just happens whenever God appoints it. Because if you take that mindset and you carry that attitude in regards to revival, then you don't have to do anything. Then we just have to sit back as believers and just wait for God's appointed time. And that is not necessarily the case. We don't just sit here and just wait and just sit here and coast. And then whenever God pours it out, then, okay, let's jump on into it. That's not how it works. God is always willing. The Bible said in the last days, the prophet Joel prophesied and said in the last days that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And it would fall on the sons and daughters. It would fall on the young men, the old men, the handmaidens. It would fall on everybody. Well, guess what? We're in the last days right now. Right now. When the church was birthed and the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost, that started what we call the last days. So we've been in the last days for almost 2,000 years now. This is God's time for His Spirit To be poured out on all flesh, no holds barred on the young and the old. God's Spirit is being poured out on all men with no discrimination. So, for us to sit back and say that, you know what, there's an appointed time that this can happen, or, you know, this is happening, but, you know, it's a sovereign move of God, that's a problem because God has appointed this time. For his spirit to be poured out on the earth. God has appointed this day and age that you're living in right now. For his power to be poured out. This is your time to encounter God's power. And you have to understand that when it comes to revival. That this is not something that is just sovereign. You know, we, a lot of, the scripture that we quote a lot, the scripture that you hear a lot of Christians quote when it comes to revival is 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. There's an equation there. God didn't just come in there and say, you know what, I'm gonna pour out my spirit, I'm gonna heal your land, and I'm gonna move. He said, if my people, number one, humble themselves, Pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then I will heal from heaven. Then I will forgive their sins. Then I will heal the land. There, it is not just sovereign. It is not something that just comes out of nowhere and comes out the heavens whenever God feels like it. When we do our part, God has appointed this time for men and women to encounter his power. And when you as a believer get on board with that and you align yourself with that, then you will see God move mightily. That's when you'll see God's power move mightily. So what you see happening and what you saw happen at Asbury University, what you see happening in many of these different cities, it can happen wherever you are. Look at me. I'm personally from Canada right now. And Canada... Canadian Christianity has gained a reputation for being just crazy, off the charts, out there. You think American modern Christianity is bad? Canada is 10 times worse. And if the power of God did not move in this nation, if the power of God does not move in this nation, we're dead. And thank God that God has men and women, let me just say, in this nation that are rising up and are going to bring his power to the inhabitants of this nation. And we're not going down in the dumps. We're not about to be another number. And we're not about to be just a nation given over to the devil. We're going to see God move in this nation. But you can experience God's power wherever you are. In your church, in your city, as I said earlier, and in your nation. You can see that same thing. So you shouldn't look at these outpourings and these revivals And say, well, you know, I wish that could happen up here, but maybe it's not the time. No, you can see that happen wherever you are. You can see that happen in your church. It doesn't matter the state of your church. Get on board, follow the formula that God has given you, and you will see his power move in a mighty way. Now, here's what I want to get into today. Now we've laid that foundation That God wants to move and this is his appointed time for men and women to encounter his spirit and encounter his power. We need to understand something. And this is where I want to go with this today. Because when God starts moving, it's going to garner criticism. And it will not be accepted by everybody. And I don't know if people think, but some people believe this, that When God starts moving, you know, everybody will be joyous and everybody will accept it. No, you see throughout scripture, you see throughout history that every time God's power started moving in a city, in a nation, that there were people who were mad about it. And there were people who did not appreciate it. We saw that. (laughs) We saw it recently. Well you think Asbury's a genuine move of God? It's just a big worship service. Was there any preaching? I didn't see any word preached. Were people getting saved? Oh, it's just people gathering around singing. This ain't really a revival. We don't really know for sure if this is a genuine revival. So we must be discerning and we must have our discernment on. You heard that left, right, and center. Everybody who was anybody who thought there was something and had a YouTube channel got up and got on their page, and started to sound off about why they thought that this thing wasn't genuine, and this has been going on for many years, if you look at many of the notable revivals of old, one, the one that comes to my head very greatly is probably Brownsville, the Brownsville, the Brownsville revival, a lot of people, you, that revival had its fair share of critics, Uh I didn't think that thing was genuine. This this happened there. Somebody was doing this. This is not biblical. This was happening there. Some weird manifestations of the Holy Spirit. There is always there is always going to be criticism when the power of God starts moving. Not everybody is going to accept it. Now, what do you do about that? Because when that happens, that has the tendency to cause people to back off. It has a tendency to cause people to back off, because human nature, we want to be accepted. We want everybody to like us. We don't really like criticism. We don't really like where we don't really like backlash. But I have to let you know something today. If you're going to be somebody who wants to operate in the power of God, you're going to be somebody who wants to see God move mightily in your city, in your nation, in your church, you're going to have to understand that it's going to garner persecution. It's going to garner backlash. And you have to settle in your spirit today that no matter what happens, no matter who doesn't like it, I'm going to continue to press forward. I'm going to continue to press forward because you can't sit back and appease everybody. You can't please everybody. And in a case like that, when God starts moving in a genuine way and somebody doesn't like it, you're going to shut down the power of God because of some disgruntled Christian? I don't think so. I don't think so. And some people will do that. And the necessary ingredient, let me just tell you, one of the necessary ingredients to see the power of God move mightily is for you to get baptized in a spirit of boldness. It is for you to receive a spirit of boldness that only comes from the Holy Ghost. And I want to start, let's start here in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 1. Now let me set this. Peter and John just got the lame man healed when they are going to the temple to pray. And now people are upset. The religious, the religious leaders are upset. The Sadducees are mad. The temple guards are upset. And now watch what happens. And they end up being arrested. So now watch what happens in verse 1. It says, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. Verse three, they arrested them. And since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. Verse five, the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of the religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in two disciples and demanded by what power, watch what they're saying to Peter and John, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, watch that, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead for Jesus is is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that the builders have rejected has now become the cornerstone there is salvation and none else god has given him a name under heaven whereby we must be saved watch this verse 13 the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of peter and john For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. So watch that. Verse 13, let me read it again. Watch what happens. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. So here's where I want to get at today. Peter and John just got a man healed and people are upset and the leaders are mad And they arrested them, threw them in jail, and they're trying them now. And they're trying and go down in in the scripture later on. They tell them and order them to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Here's the thing. Were Peter and John swayed by the persecution that came at them? Were they swayed? No. They were told to stop doing what they were doing. They, the religious leaders had a problem with them and we're, and they told them, stop it. Don't do it anymore. Stop. Just be calm. Just be cute. Just be collected, but don't do all that crazy stuff and stop preaching this message that you're preaching to people. And what was their, what was their answer? No, we would rather obey God than you. We're not doing it. What gave them that ability to do so? Because you have to understand naturally, that is not how humans act. Whenever something comes at you and threats come at you, stop doing this or else. Your natural knee-jerk reaction is to back off and avoid any type of problems. Be calm, fly under the radar, don't take the road less traveled, just follow what they're saying so we don't garner any issues. And that's what happens to a lot of people when the power of God starts moving. We try to explain it. God starts moving. Somebody gets healed. Somebody falls out under the power of God. Somebody gets baptized in the Holy Ghost. And here come the critics. Ah, what they coming in here talking, babbling in that language. The Holy Ghost don't do that. And if they're speaking in tongues, there ought to be an interpretation. The Holy Ghost don't knock you out. Why are these people falling out at these meetings acting weird? You're going to scare away the unbelievers. And some people cave into that pressure. Okay, you know, we, you know, this is just the moving of the Holy Spirit, and they try to explain it away. And then some people back off of it. And that is the wrong thing to do because the enemy wants you to back off the power of God. The enemy wants you to always act like you're ashamed of the power of God, and the Holy Spirit is that relative that you're embarrassed of that's how a lot of people act the holy spirit is that weird uncle that you don't necessarily like and you don't bring him out in public because he's going to embarrass you every time that is how a lot of people treat the holy spirit and he should not be treated like that he should not be treated like that because let me tell you something, if you want to see people saved, if you want to see the power of God move mightily, if you want to see a great harvest of souls like we always talk about, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a necessary ingredient to salvation. Amen. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he'll come and he'll convict the world of their sin. That's part of his job. He is a necessary ingredient to getting people saved and when you push them away you say i don't want to see people saved i don't want to see the lost reached i don't want to see people brought into the kingdom of god because you're embarrassed and naturally that is people's reaction but that is not supposed to be your reaction how do you become Like Peter and John were. And you have to remember. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. You have to remember. Look at Peter a couple chapters ago. Because Peter wasn't always like this. You all know Peter. I'll never deny you Jesus. I'll go to the cross with you. Nah. If they come at you and they try to kill you. I'm going with you all the way. We homies. And what ended up happening? Ended up running away and denying Jesus to a bunch of girls at the campfire and cussing. I don't know that man. I don't know who he is afraid. And Jesus prophesied that that would happen. But the minute Peter gets baptized in the Holy Ghost, immediately when the Holy Ghost falls and people start mocking them and saying that they're drunk on the day of Pentecost, who emerges and starts preaching? Peter. That same Peter that denied Christ a couple chapters ago. He stands up a while later, and addresses the crowd, and tells them what's actually happening, unashamed, this is the same person, this is not two different people, what happened, he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he caught a spirit of boldness, and this is what our churches need today, boldness, and not just some, oh yeah, I'm a bold person, no, no, boldness that comes from the Holy Ghost, This is what you need because when backlash comes, when persecution comes, you won't care what people say. You just want God, you want to see his power move and you're going to operate in it no matter what anybody says. And you're not going to let anything stop that from happening. You're not going to let the words of people stop you from operating in that. You're not going to be that cute Christian, that modern Christian that pleases everybody and, you know, appeases everybody and doesn't want to offend nobody. That is not you. You're going to be a book of Acts Christian. And that only comes from the Holy Ghost. That only comes when you get baptized in a spirit of boldness. Because when you get baptized in the spirit of boldness, you don't care what anybody else thinks. You could care less if people are mad that the Holy Ghost is moving in your church. You couldn't care less that people are upset that Sister Bessie fell out under the power of God. You don't care. You don't care. And if we want to see the revival that we keep on talking about, if we want to see this thing spread... To our nation and to our cities. We have to stop pandering to modern Christianity. And thank God there is a group of people on this earth today. And in the countries of the world that are standing up and rejecting demonic modern Christianity. And don't care. And just want to see the power of God move. There are people. And thank God for that. And more people need to get on board with that. Many more people need to get on board with that. Stop worrying about what disgruntled Christians think. And let me tell you something for the record. All these people that were making up noise about Asbury. And making up noise about all these revivals and saying, you know, oh, you know, is this a genuine revival? I don't think this is genuine. If you have never seen a revival before. If you have never been used to set men and women free by the power of God before. If you have never seed a mass harvest of souls coming to the kingdom of god then you have no right to talk you have absolutely no right to talk about what is a genuine revival because you've never seen one before you've never seen one before so how do you know what the holy spirit does a lot of these people acting like gatekeepers of the Holy Spirit. They ain't never seen him move once in a million years. The last time they saw the Holy Ghost who was in 1972. And they don't care if he moves. And they're standing up here talking about, you know, oh, this is genuine and this ain't genuine. The devil is a liar. And they cover it up as oh, it's discernment. It ain't discernment. It's a critical spirit and it's a religious spirit. And it needs to get dealt with. It needs to get dealt with. I've never seen anybody who is truly on fire for God and loves the Holy Spirit and loves the movement of the Holy Spirit get upset when he starts to move that is just weird people who get mad when the Holy Spirit starts to move oh look you know God set somebody free oh oh God set somebody free from a drug addiction oh that ain't right I'm so sick and tired of this and furring they brows. the devil is a liar the devil is a liar You don't get to talk about what's a genuine revival if you've never seen one before. Every time God moves, there'll be critics. Every time, there'll be critics. Look at the book of Acts. There's critics. In the ministry of Jesus, Jesus had critics. The Pharisees were mad at him every other week because he was doing things that they didn't like or that didn't fit what they wanted to happen. It didn't fit what they thought it was supposed to be. And they start teaching the message of the kingdom. They start seeing the power of God move. And the Pharisees are upset. They're upset. They're mad. In the book of Acts, the Sadducees are upset. When Peter and John get a man healed and preach the kingdom of God. Look at Stephen. Stephen preaches the gospel. Starts moving mightily. God starts using him. People are mad. And they end up stoning him and killing him. They're upset. Anytime God's power starts moving, there will be backlash. There will be persecution. The devil does not want God to move. The devil does not want you to get on board with where God wants you to be. He wants you to stay on the level that he thinks you should be at. He doesn't want you to affect your nation. Just stay in your little box, have your little Sunday morning services, have your little 50-minute services, and the devil's okay with that. But the minute you start contending for the power of God to move in a mighty way, he's upset. And he's like, nope, that can't happen. And what does he do? He tries to get you to back off. He tries to get you to stop. And you see through the word of God, anytime somebody did not stop and kept on pressing forward, (laughs) the devil couldn't do anything about it. It didn't matter how many times they threw the apostles in jail. It didn't matter how much persecution, how much backlash came at them. They did not care. And they saw God move mightily. Look in the book of Acts chapter 12. When Herod Agrippa came against the church. Church is moving powerfully. And he comes against them and he's trying to kill the apostles. And successfully, I believe he killed, was it James? I believe. Let's go there. So I don't get it wrong. <laughs> not to say it wrong and I have my Bible right in front of me Acts chapter 12 yes he killed James Acts chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 it says in verse 1 that he stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church and he killed James the brother of John with the sword and because he saw it please the Jews he proceeded further to take Peter also so now watch what happens He killed James and he takes Peter getting ready to kill him. And the church says, "Uh uh-uh, we can't let that happen. And the church begins to pray and pray and pray and pray. And watch what happens. He did it to get the church to back off of what they're doing because they was turning the world upside down at this point. And he comes, the devil anoints this guy to come in and kill people and leaders in the church so that the church will back off. You know, we can't be doing all that power of God and Holy Ghost stuff because, you know, people are dying. So, I don't want to die. So, let me just, you know, just stay in my little box. And the church didn't do that. The church went to prayer and God heavily judged Agrippa. The next day, Agrippa ended up dying. God, the Bible says the angel of the Lord struck him and he died. Right there, died. The enemy may come at you and try to persecute you for operating in a way that he doesn't want you to operate. The enemy will come at you when you start contending for the power of God. But you understand very quickly that when you start to press forward and you grab a hold of the boldness and you don't care what he thinks, there's nothing he can do about it. And he ends up getting dealt with very quickly. Peter gets put in prison. Paul gets put in prison. The angel of the Lord busts them right out of prison. Can't do anything about you. You're too powerful. You're too powerful. So don't give the enemy an upper hand in your life and don't let him intimidate you. Don't let him make you back off of the horse because he intimidated you. Because once you continue to press forward and you continue to push in the face of persecution, in the midst of backlash, in the midst of criticism and opinions, You understand that after a while, the enemy can't do nothing about it. It reminds me of a story in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah's building the wall. Sanballat, Tobiah, and all those people, they ain't happy about it. So what happens in Nehemiah chapter 6? Sanballat sends him a message, lies, sends him a message, and basically says that there's a rumor going around where people are accusing Nehemiah, Nehemiah of committing treason. He's trying to overthrow the king. This is why he's trying to build this wall and he wants to become king. And he's trying to do that in an attempt to get Nehemiah to back off of what he's doing. So what does Nehemiah say? Oh, you know, I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to build this wall. I ain't trying to take over nothing. He didn't even entertain it. He didn't even back off either. He said, you're lying. That's a lie. And you're doing that because you're trying to intimidate me. And the Bible tells you something. I want you to see this. I believe it's Nehemiah 6, 9. Nehemiah 6, 9. And watch what happens when they come at him and they try to stop him from doing what he was supposed to do. The Bible says in verse 9. That they did that. They were just trying to intimidate us. Verse 9. Imagining that they could discourage us. And stop the work. So I continued the work. With an even greater determination. Watch what Nehemiah said. When he encountered persecution. For what he was doing. He continued the work. But he didn't just continue it. He pushed with an even greater determination. That needs to be how you react to persecution. That needs to be how you react. Whenever anybody tries to criticize the power of God moving, when anybody tries to criticize the way you're operating and the way you're moving, I'm going to do it with an even greater determination. I'm not stopping. I'm not backing off, but I'm going to go press forward and I'm going to continue the work with an even greater determination. If the enemy tries to persecute me for <laughs> for believing in divine healing, I'm gonna believe it even more. If the enemy tries to persecute me and send backlash and criticize me for believing in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, guess what? I'm gonna preach it even more. That's how you need to be. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go even harder. I'm gonna hold Holy Ghost meetings. I'm gonna get people filled with the Holy Ghost even more. That's how you have to react. And if you want to see God's power shake your nation, if you want to see God's power shake your church, you better get baptized in a spirit of boldness today that does not care what anybody else thinks, that does not care what the naysayers say, that does not care what the enemy does. The enemy can get mad, he can throw a hissy fit all he wants, but it's not going to stop me from doing the work. That needs to be your declaration today. The enemy will not stop me from doing what God has called me to do. The enemy will not stop me from being a book of Acts Christian. I'm not about to be a little nominal Christian. I'm not going to be a Christian that doesn't offend anybody. I'm going to complete The work that God has called me to. I'm going to see the power of God shake my nation. I'm going to see the power of God shake my church. I'm going to see the power of God shake my city. Because this is the hour that God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And I'm going to see it happen. Where I am. It's not going to stay stuck in Kentucky. It's not going to stay stuck in the states. But it's moving all across the earth. And I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be a part of it. That's what you have to say to yourself. I am going to be a part of it. No matter what comes my way, no matter what backlash comes, I am going to be a part of this great move of God in this last hour of time. Because things are wrapping up. Jesus is coming soon. Ain't got time to waste. You don't have time to be worrying about the opinions of other people. You don't have time to be worrying about what other people think. And trying to be somebody who everybody accepts. You don't got time for that. Press forward in the thing that God has called you to. And if the enemy wants to fight, let him fight. When you push against him and you press forward, he can't do anything about it. And he ends up disappearing very fast. Very quickly. He ends up shutting his mouth very quickly. If you just press forward in the thing that God has called you to. If you push forward. And you determine in your heart that you will not be a regular Christian. And you will not give in to the enemy's attempts to get you to back off of what God has called you to. You will see. You will see the power of God move mightily. And if you want to see revival fires burn where you are you need that spirit of boldness and once you get it there's no stopping you because you won't let anything stop you you won't let the enemy stop you and that spirit is coming on you today i believe that that spirit is coming on every single person watching right now that wants that in the book of acts chapter 4 i didn't get to read it But when the church heard about what was going on with Peter and John, the Bible says they began to pray. They began to pray. I believe it's around Acts 4.28. They began to pray. And they said, Lord God, behold their threatenings. So now grant unto your servants boldness that they might preach the word. And the Bible says that when they prayed that, the place was shaken, and everybody there was filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to preach the word of God with boldness. God will give that to you today, just like he did to the early church, so that you can do the thing that God has called you to do, you can spread the gospel, you can grow the kingdom of God, you can see the power of God move mightily unhindered. And you won't stop for nobody. You can see that same thing happen where you are right now. And I believe that's happening for you right now in the name of Jesus. So receive that spirit of boldness where you are right now in Jesus name. I thank you father that every single person that is watching this video right now. That wants to see your power move where they are. Wants to see the fires of revival burn. Wherever they are, I thank you, God, that they're receiving an impartation of boldness that comes only from the Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that they're receiving that right now in the name of Jesus. And from this day forward, they will go forth and do everything that you have called them to unhindered. They will not let the enemy stop them. They will not let the words of naysayers stop them. They will not let any criticism stop them. But they will be like Nehemiah. And press forward with a greater determination to see the kingdom of God move mightily in the earth. To see the work of the Lord done in the earth before you come back. I thank you God that from this day forward you're raising up mighty men and women of God. Who will see a great harvest of souls won in their city, in their nation, in their town. And they will not let anybody stop them in Jesus mighty name. What's up everybody it's Marlon Benjamin and I want to challenge you to consider becoming a partner with this ministry today. You know our partners commit to praying for us continuously and they connect their finances to this ministry on a monthly basis. You know God has allowed us to preach some powerful services over this past year and we have seen God demonstrate his power in mighty ways and we have seen people get saved and come into the kingdom of god we've also been able to expand the reach of the gospel through youtube the podcast and i'm saved now what which helps us connect to those who are being saved through our online ministry and get them on the path of righteousness and help them begin their walk with christ We Last year, we just connected ourselves and became partners with Lester Sumrall's Feed the Hungry, and we are providing meals to those who are in need on a monthly basis. So I want you to consider, prayerfully consider, becoming a partner of this ministry today. You can click the link in the description or go to marlinbenjamin.net, hit the Give Now page, and go to the partnership page, and you can see what we're doing and become a partner today. Thank you so much, and God bless you.